Jim Cran No Restrictions is brought to you by GoDaddy. They have everything you need to put your business online. Find new customers and kick ass online. Get started by registering a domain name and creating your website with GoDaddy's easy-to-use website builder. Already have a site? Keep it running fast with GoDaddy web hosting. It's go time. Visit GoDaddy.com. Enter promo code CREN32, K-R-E-N-N-3-2, CREN32, and you'll save 32%, 32% on your new purchases. Some limitations apply. See website for details. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Jim Cren No Restrictions Podcast. We are worldwide, we are nationwide on the Sideshow Network. The boys are in studio, they're at Talent Networking. Terry Jones, John Evans, Mike Waisaki. Ladies and gentlemen, Jim Cren. Jim Cren, No Restrictions on the Sideshow Network. Thanks for joining us. Brought to you by the, the Sideshow Network, obviously. Prime Core Group. <laughs> Go to primecoregroup.com for all your corporate collection needs. I'm here with uh, Terry Jones, Mike Wysocki, John Evans, and myself. Uh, Mike is uh, on the road, so he won't be joining us today. He's doing some stand-up on the road. Of course, Frank Mergia, Dave Sedemar, Josh Folio, producers, Corey Gale, Wayne Weil is our, our producers, and uh, also do our engineering. So the whole whole team, uh, we're excited about the show uh, today because we're, we're, we're going to announce that we're doing a live show. We have a live show on Thursday, April 3rd. Write this down. I'll give you a second. Get the pen. All right, now now that you're, you have the pen that doesn't work, I know. Now go get the other pen that works. <laughs> and write down April April 3rd. And we are at the Pittsburgh Winery in the Strip District. Pittsburgh Winery. It's in the Strip. And uh, go to jimcren.com. We'll have all the details there. We'll have the address, the exact address. It's like uh, I don't know, twenty twenty eighth Street, something like that ballpark. I might be off on that, but it's pretty close. It's up that way. But go to jimcran.com with all the details. It's Pittsburgh Winery. How was I did a, a thing last year? The neighbors in the Strip, uh, great organization. And the Strip is where I grew up. And these these girls have this great organization that that, that help help preserve the Strip, you know, and, and keep its integrity and. Yeah, it's just got the most unique feel of Pittsburgh. To me, that's like the heart of. To me, it's the heart of Pittsburgh. I grew up there, obviously. Um, but we did this like kind of thing where they, they, I got the honor of being like an you know the honorary chair of their uh, their stroll in the strip last year. So we went to all these different restaurants and places that and some old, but been there for many years, but some new. And the the Pittsburgh Winery, one of the new places, it is one of the coolest places you will ever see. I'm not kidding. It's it's like a speakeasy vibe. You know what I mean? Nice. And you go downstairs. It's the hippest, like, it looks like a cool little showroom in New York or something, you know. But they have their own wine there. So you better taste their own wines. They have a, this, this showroom is very intimate. There's not like a, I bet it's going to be 100 seats in this thing. So go to jimcren.com and we're going to have a way to make reservations. It's just going to go quick. It'll be $5 donation. That's all, five bucks, you know, to cover some expenses. And, we will be doing our podcast there, and we're going to record it, have a few special guests that are going to be dropping by, some surprises for you. So I hope to see you there. It's April 3rd, 
8 p.m. showtime. Doors will open about 7. But like I said, go to jimcran.com and get all the information on it. All right, let's start the show here. Um, I when, love the strip district. I, you know the strip. Uh, yeah, thanks. <laughs> I, yeah, I say thanks is like a, you know. I mean, you grew. I up, grew up there. It's my like home. Yeah, you know, your neighborhood's your neighborhood. We just did a shoot down there. We, that's where we were doing the photo shoot downtown, oh, and then yeah, the strip yeah. district, like in the, the alleys for and the stuff. show. Terry was doing some promo yeah, stuff, you know. So it, I love the strip district. Everything about it. We we're just driving through, looking at all the restaurants. My mom loves going down there, especially during the holidays. It just has like a fast feel. You're running in like Woolies getting crab legs. You're running in this place to get stiller T-shirts. It's just a. You, gotta, you, you ever been like down in the street? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I don't run in. I walk in. <laughs> <laughs> I pay for everything too. Like, you you, wanna, you, wanna you made it sound like you're wilding down no, in the street. Oh no, district. man! We'll you run wilding. in, get T-shirts. You run in, <laughs> run in, run, run in, run out. Lobster tails, just man. stealing shit. <laughs> 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 no, it's but it's a it is a great vibe. It's really crazy down there. It is. It's got a great meld of old and new yeah you know what i mean it's like this, it's very very unique yeah and, they cleaned up all the clubs down there there used to be a lot of bullshit like shootings and crazy stuff yeah there, it's it's they, a lot better now yeah they it's really like completely different there's yeah. a few open mics down there too i do the beer yeah, high there's, beer there's high. a bar down there called the beer yeah, high yeah check it out they got great you know they actually have really good food good bar food i think great bar food and they got a nice selection of beers and we do uh an open stage there on uh, Wednesdays, Wednesday night yeah, about nice. eight o'clock, we do open stage there in the strip. But the, uh, yeah, I, growing up there in the alley, I grew up in twelfth in twelfth Street, twelve uh, Penn Avenue rear, twelve thirty one Penn Avenue rear, right in the back alley behind the high big statue of you down there on the corner. It's like Superman. It's like the Willie Sargel statue. It's about that big. Instead of a bat, I'm holding a gold rat. A little rat. The Willie Sargel statue. Like the Sargel statue. That's awesome. It has a JK on his chest. On this corner. This is Pittsburgh's son. Yeah. That's funny. Take that, Metropolis. Yeah, it was wild growing up there, man. Yeah, it was fun. A lot of, you know, transition in the 70s, especially because there's like a lot of abandoned, some abandoned buildings and the mills had, remember the mills closed and all kind of things. It, it affected a lot in, in, in that transition times. And, you know, I guess I didn't know as a kid, but I guess some businesses closed and whatever. And our family lived on like two, two blocks of the strip there, all family, okay. row houses that they rented from the church owned a lot of that land and different companies and stuff. And um, that character I do. Uh, Otis. Oh yeah, for yeah. years. Oh, is, is Hammy <laughs> in the strip? Hammy is my buddy in the strip. I talked about it. I think I talked about it once on the show. Before. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. you did. You uh, told yeah. you told me the funniest story though. <laughs> on Hammy, you told me a couple Go funny ahead. stories. Which one? The, the 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 funniest one. Uh, well, one of my second favorite like funniest stories <laughs> of that era when you tell me like stories from back then yeah. is the one of the monkeys escaping the zoo. <laughs> okay. ha- have you heard this? No. My my dad is is a piece of work. If you met my dad, you would know instantly why I'm a comedian. He just makes me laugh. He's always been funny, and uh, he's, he's uh, Terry. And, and Terry is uh, he worked for the city. He asphalted the streets, but his main thing was he he was and he still is. He's really good at handicapping horses at the track. That's his thing. That's his go- you know everybody has a talent in the world. Yeah. That was one of Terry's talents. <laughs> still, is. he's just good at the track. But anyway, so he would. He got this. He w- grew up in that in that whole thing of like you know, shooting pool and, and that whole deal. And that's I learned a lot about you know pool yeah. hustling and track and stuff. I learned all you know that was my education in strip. 
and uh, and he uh, worked for asphalting streets. And my mom said when she married him, she said, I, you know, I can't marry a pool hustler and a track guy. You got to get a real job. So you know, he gets a job for the city, and he's asphalting streets there. So he did it for years. And this one time, he had a couple stories like this. My dad, my dad, we actually should have him on the show one time. Oh, you stories. have to. Would, people wouldn't stories believe stories are it. classic. To describe what he looks like, he looks like a cross between, I'm not even joking on this, Dudley Moore, who really resembles a lot, and Joe Pesci. If you could put Moore, uh-huh. Dudley Moore and Joe Pesci together, you have Terry. Okay, he sounds a little bit like Pesci. And every other word out of his mouth is fuck, and always was since I was a kid, and that's the way it is. And so Terry is now with his friend Lou Brown. Lou Brown was his best friend. They would go to the track together. They they you know box <laughs> together. And, now Lou Brown was a really uh, well respected and renowned boxer at one time. He's a professional boxer and stuff, and really did well in middleweights and stuff. But Terry and him were good buddies and stuff. And now Lou was a piece of work. Lou was I met Lou as a kid, and he was a, the nicest guy. I'm just really a kind soul. But what a fun character! Lou would do stuff like when they were growing up. Tara said, like, he would he was that guy in the neighborhood who said he was a psychic and would do a reading for, like, $100 and shit. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> so they get track money. So yeah, do the yeah, reading, you know? the money. And, and so, Lou, <laughs> so Lou, Lou was just a great guy. And uh, so Lou, Lou also, yep. I don't know how Terry, I think, probably helped him get the job on the city. I have no idea how that worked. But they're both working together somehow for the city of Pittsburgh, Asphalting Street, Terry and, and Lou Brown. So anyway, one day in the 70s, and you could look in the archives. I'm sure it's in the Post-Gazette or somewhere in the I archives. I found it. Ah. All right, so this After is we truth. talked, I found it. It's a real story, right? This there. is real shit. Terry is in a golf cart. And, and, and like I said, we will have him on someday to tell his side of the story, yeah. which is much funnier than I can tell it. But he's in a golf cart, and they're, they're, they're driving <laughs> around the zoo, and they're going to do patchwork because it's a city zoo. You know, they have to <laughs> fill some some things, some potholes, cracks, whatever, and some and Terry talks like this, my dad. Like I said, picture Pesci and more. She said, they got me in a, in, a, in a golf cart. This fucking guy, this fucking guy, right? He's a guy that feeds the animals and shit. He's a fucking, you know. So he's telling me the story of him and this guy. And this guy's, I guess, one of the people who feed the animals over to the... Yeah. And my dad goes, so I'm sitting there, and he's telling me, I gotta fill this in. He said, next thing you know, he's telling me, he's a fucking chimpanzee. Out of the corner of my fucking eye, I see him walking across the fucking walkway. He goes, you know, with the hands up, like in the movie, like in the movies. And he goes, I thought, well, maybe they let him out for exercise. I don't know what the fuck. <laughs> chimpanzee. Let fucking monkeys out for exercise. And I looked over at the guy. <laughs> and the guy go, oh, my God. He had to look in his eye. You know that look. Because I got to tell you what, I was out that fucking car before that guy can scream, right? So he's just fucking, <laughs> he goes, and the guy, he said the monkey actually ran up. He, Terry says, <laughs> this is Terry says, the monkey ran at the guy, grabbed the guy, and Terry goes, you know, Terry always says that conspiracy thing. He goes, I'll tell you right now, I bet that guy must have abused or something. That monkey, that's all I'm saying. Because that monkey grabbed that guy by the wrist with his little feet and punched him in the fucking head. Terry <laughs> said. So, anyway, so the guy's getting beat up by the monkey. So Terry starts running. Now, the chimpanzees are very strong, you know, as we learned oh, yeah. in recent years with these attacks. Yeah. Yeah, with one of his pets, they could rip someone in half. So, you know, this is pretty serious stuff. So there's like six or seven of them around. They're running around the zoo, okay? So they have like all these guards with the, you know, yeah. 
out and tranquilize their guns and the batons and the mask and the whole shit. So there's like dozens of them. They're, they're, my dad claims he, he, he said he's running down the hill and they have a truck down there. And Lou Brown is sunning himself. He's laying there. You know, they had their big jug of Kool-Aid, him and his Terry would put together or whatever, and it's a hot summer day, and Lou's just sunning himself, or listening to radio, relaxing, and, you know, Lou's, like, sees Terry running and jumping in the car, and he goes, what the fuck you doing? What the fuck going on with you? And Terry goes, hey, Lou, get in a fucking car, get in a truck right now, get in a fucking truck. Lou goes, why? Because he's chimpanzees escaped. There's like six of them up there. <laughs> running down there. Coming this way, I'm telling you. Get in the car right now. It's dangerous. He goes, he goes, fuck that shit. He said, you know where I grew up? Yeah, I'm going to be afraid of some fucking chimpanzees. I boxed. I grew up in the street. I did this and they said, fuck, yeah, look at you. You're a pussy. Yeah, look at you running from the... Yeah, go ahead. You just run. I just, I'm going to lay right here. I'll do what I want. Fuck those chimpanzees. And he's losing, you know, basically. <laughs> so all of a sudden, Terry said... Here comes the guys that were that were chasing the chimpanzees. The chimpanzees are chasing the guys. There's, there's like a dozen guys running with batons and the whole. And these six chimpanzees are running, chasing the guys, but they're heading right at the the truck, right to the parking area where Terry's in the truck. And, and all of a sudden, Lou turns around and, and goes and grabs the handle to open and jump in. And it's and of course it's locked, right? And, and, he goes, and Lou, Terry, Terry, open this motherfucking door. Open now. Like, I ain't open a fucking door. Hey, you ain't, what do you mean? You're, just, you know, you're Lou Brown. What the fuck you care about this? He goes, open, squid fucking around. Look at it. And they're getting closer. Open, open, open the fucking door. And Terry goes, are you scared yet? He goes, fuck you. Come on. He goes, are you scared yet? Is the window crack. He goes, I'm not saying until you say you're scared. He goes, all right, I'm scared, motherfucker. I'm scared. Let me in. He jumped in. So. And that story sounds so crazy, but then after Jimmy told me this story, I looked it up online and found the story. They were like, the chimps killed people, man. It did. It was a real crazy day. Yeah, it was crazy. Wow. Yes. It was a a wild day, There was like a black and white picture, and it looked like there was a busted window, like the chimp threw someone through it, like wrestling. Oh, it was crazy. Yeah. Terry and and Lou were in the midst of all that thing, man. Terry just, you know. I just laugh so hard when he says that, man. The fuck that using how could you have your humor like that, you know, in the midst of all that? Him and Lou were laughing their asses off, you know, forever after that. I think a lot of apes, uh, after the success of uh Every Which Way But Loose, uh started started to revolt a little yes. bit and they yeah. said, I want I want my I place perks. in show business. Yeah. I need Why my, am I every- why am I sitting Why in this cage? Why does the tiger cage? get all the yeah. glory? You know, they're king of the jungle. Oh, Why know? am I sitting in this cage <laughs> right. when I could be out there, you know, <laughs> standing next to... Uh, Clint Eastwood. Oh, oh, well, uh, Clint Eastwood. And what was that woman? And if that you're at the was... zoo, the chimpanzee's the headliner. Uh, no one goes to see a rhino. I like Sandra to Locke. Is that oh, Sandra Locke. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He, he, he was dating her, so he squeezed her into a lot of his, his bad ape movies. Yes. Oh, well... Any which way you can is that what it's right? it bad, can, and any which way, you, but lose and but lose, and you can right. For my money, the my favorite Eastwood movie from that era is uh, Bronco Billy. Oh yeah, Bronco I, I Billy. It, yeah, I mean, I I don't know why I loved all. Clint Eastwood was the man. Oh yeah, he was the man. He was making some serious dollars with those crappy films. Yeah, my dad has like all his movies. That's like I grew up watching a ton of movies. In the basement, like Blockbuster, and Clint was it, the man. He was the. I, I remember as, as a kid, like you know, twelve years old, fourteen. 
I'm sure your dad is the same kind of vibe. It's like he was that guy who was just in the good and bad and ugly thing. Oh yeah, that just quiet, cool, and hang him high. I can't remember what movie. But I remember as a kid being at the drive-in theater, and my mom and dad and Uncle Davey were all there. And I just remember the first time I saw, and I can't remember if it was Hang 'Em High or what it was, but the first scene, he's walking by, and there's five guys, like bad guys, and they're hurting this woman or something. And Clint walks by, the guy making coffins, and he goes, Yeah, yeah. Make five coffins. And he just walks <laughs> by. Like, That's the coolest shit that ever. That is the coolest seen. shit ever. And yeah. the guy got excited, too. Yeah. <laughs> That's the people running around following him around when he became like the sheriff, and people were like, you know, "Yes, yeah, yeah. yeah. oh man, it, yeah." It's the, I wonder if those movies could even work now because you know it was new, it was groundbreaking in a weird way. Though it's spaghetti western, you know, it wasn't much to when you look go back and look at them. They're all driven by well, his personality. I mean, really. Jan, uh, how much did uh, Django Unchained make? I mean, it's, that, that's an it's, amazing it's same thing, really, yeah. with maybe a little hint of. Irony. I, I didn't even think about that. You're right. That was a Clint Eastwood spaghetti. Oh, yeah, by. for it, sure. Yeah, because yeah. Django, the original Django was a really uh, crazy was a spaghetti, spaghetti Western. Western. Oh, it yeah. was. Yeah. Original. Oh, okay. They had like a ton yeah. of them, but there was only two official Django movies. Mm. And in the Django movie with Jamie Foxx Unchained, the real Django, Franco Nero, is in a scene. Oh, okay. He was one of the guys. He was the owner of the Mandingo fighter. And at the end, he goes, okay, the yeah. D is silent. He goes, I know. And he walks away. Okay. And that was like a cool little cameo. But yeah, it's it's a, I guess if you do it right, because Tarantino knows how to do spaghetti westerns. Yeah, yeah. If you're he a fan of them, yeah. Watching yeah. it, it's like, uh, everything we're saying, yeah. Just, uh, what, what do you think is the best the spaghetti cool western? Vibe, man. I'd have to say any of those Eastwood, yeah. like, Hang them high fistful or good, bad of dollars. Oh, fistful of dollars. A few dollars more. That might be the, the, the thing. Just the soundtracks the on those are coffee. brilliantly oh, brilliant. done. Yeah, the Good. music is great. Oh yeah, yeah. What's his name? Any uh, Anicio? The Nco? How do you say? Yeah, Marconi. Marconi. Yeah. yeah. Good they stuff. made. Imagine the money they made back then. They didn't. They didn't cost hardly anything. I think back then to make those movies. No. as far as movie. Games, yeah, not like with the budgets now. Yeah. Oh God. The budgets yeah, now are ridiculous. It's, it's Thirty million dollars to make a movie and hope that you make a hundred. That's million. an indie now. Thirty million dollars. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. I mean, they pay more to promote a movie than a, a movie used to cost. <laughs> yeah. 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 It's true. It's hard. It must be. It's hard to make a good movie. It is and it you isn't. Know? You know, because like, look at uh, look at Napoleon Dynamite, mm-hmm. low budget indie movie, no stars in it. It's a great movie. It's yeah, it, in its simplicity, it comes, it's a great you know thing. You're right. It comes down to writing and directing. Director tells a story and tells story to writer. Absolutely. Um, I was fortunate to be in a movie called Another You, and uh, it's Chris Robert. It's a brilliant movie. It's going to be coming out. It's that vibe, but like I said, it's, it's not a big budget movie. But man, it's written so well and directed so well that that just uh, that that's really special when you see movies like like you said Napoleon Dynamite. First time I saw it. I didn't care if it was a hundred million dollars. Yeah. I didn't sit there and think about any money. Or just it was. I watched it twice. I had yeah. to watch it again. Yeah. Sometimes movies just have that buzz. Like uh, you know, another good example is that uh, Sling Blade. You know, Sling was Blade. done was done yeah. on a shoestring budget and uh, by a, a no name at the time, Billy Bob Thornton. I mean, ah, yeah. You, and you yeah. know what? You're right. He wasn't known until so after it's like, that movie. Yeah. So it's like it really doesn't matter. It's like the quality of what's you know. Well, yeah, you watch, you know, watch a cat. It's wild because guys like that. Imagine what it's like for those guys to just become, 
they do these movies. They probably don't know how big it's going to get. They don't. It goes to these festivals or goes through distribution, and who knows what's going to catch. And all of a sudden, man, they're like household names the next day. Yeah, that's like the Academy Awards. We watched them a few week, couple weeks ago. Just how these unknown, you know, some a lot of them are known, but some of the people just didn't, you never heard of. You know, you know, a year ago they they were not even thinking, yeah, or dreaming of being standing on a stage of an Academy Award. Pretty wild. Yeah, you know. Speaking of your boy, one. The first person I thought of was you, Matthew. All right, all right, all right. <laughs> he did that too. I just excited to be up here. And I just, I've been waiting a long time to tell a spiritual speech, get everybody moving. Three people, three things I look forward to every day. And one of them is me. And I just, Sounds just like him. I'm just going to make I feel you real good. I just like a big picture of me every day I look at. And I said, I can't chase that. I got to chase that because that's a good looking man right there to chase. Thank you. So I didn't catch his emotional. speech. I didn't catch yeah, well, his speech. Well, he, he it was good. a real nice speech. It was a really nice, yeah. fun speech. You know yeah. how, like, some are just boring. Yeah. Right. It'll be remembered. It will always be remembered. Like, it was sweet how he gave a shout-out to his dad who passed away and, mm-hmm. like, the way he did it and, you know, how what he What did he say? To, do you remember the three things um, every day or something like that, you know, something to look, was, up, look up to somebody, you know, talk about God. Yeah, and, and, he, and who he looks up to is God. Yeah. Like, he came back to that. Yeah. And I can't remember, it was like the hero, the third thing was like himself, but it was cool, though. It was humble. It wasn't nothing. Yeah, like it wasn't was joking. Arrogant. It was the fact that he's always going to chase to try to be better, yeah. basically, is yeah. what he was saying. You know? It was really cool. It, it's something that, like, those three things people will always look back to in history at some point. And then and at the end he used his uh, line, you know, all right, all right, all right. Yeah, was, <laughs> yeah, was, yeah. and then I just instantly <laughs> laughed. I was like, oh, this is great. <laughs> Oscars, uh, I thought Ellen did good. You know what? It's funny. Everyone gets trashed in you. I was reading, she got trashed in reviews. I agree. With, I would laugh. Yeah. Eddie and I were laughing at her jokes. I mean, I don't know. What the, what the fuck? It's, did it's, you get to see uh, the No. I mean, you can't win on a, that gig with the with critics, can. right? It was boring, but I mean, she the Oscars were boring. But all she I made saw it was loud. people were making I mean, jokes on Twitter about a pizza, something about was the was the gag she that did, she like, was going to you know, order the, pizza for the entire crowd and it some, would show up and it would be two pizzas. Is that some, the, I yeah, is that yeah, the premise like of that. the joke? Yeah, because if that's it, that's, basically yeah. really whatever. soft. Well, that's just it. Really soft. Yeah, everything's been done on these shows, I think, and they're just. Trying anything at that point. I mean, I mean they, they took a selfie after the monologue. I think it should probably just keep, just forget the jokes and move on. He's right. I honestly agree because they just they took a selfie. It's like the most retweeted thing. Samsung probably paid like eight billion dollars for it. But yeah, it's like was it like Bradley Cooper? Bradley Cooper took in all these Brad like famous Pitt's people, like Brad Pitt and Kevin Spacey's like you know behind yeah. them. But that there really isn't. There wasn't much there. How about Spacey did his character from House of Cards? I loved it. Oh, yeah. That yeah, was, just that was took badass. a break from Washington. You got, <laughs> by the way, I know I keep t- every week I keep talking about Netflix now because it's like my new crack. Yeah. But I got to say, House of Cards is worth getting Netflix for. If you if you don't have Netflix yet, you've got to get it just for that just for that alone. It's that good. No, it is good. It's one of the best television <laughs> pieces of work I've seen. and uh, I'd put it up there. Breaking Bad to me is probably the best to me. It is just the most what, incredible, show? the greatest show for me, written Ooh. ever, ever. ever. Are you you, you really going to say oh, Breaking yeah, Bad? Yeah, Sopranos yeah, yeah, yeah. is up there. I'm I don't not, know. You know. I'm uh, still going to go Wire. Breaking Bad, you too? Oh, Breaking Bad for sure. Yeah, over the wire. Tear. I just bought the wire. I bought season one and two on my Amazon thing because I had to have it. Yeah, and I'm watching it now. So yeah, I got to tell you, Wire is fucking great. I yeah, mean, I I don't know. It's it's like when I say bad. 
I'm talking a hair, a hair. Like the yeah, wire in the Sopranos, the mirror right under, or hiding right underneath their shade. Right, Breaking but, Bad. Yeah, I mean, Breaking Bad say, is a great to show. To me, I, Breaking Bad might be, I don't know, there's something about every episode was both you're on the edge of your seat. That is true. And, that, and the acting was off the charts for some reason. Really good, yeah. Just, they just say that uh, people analyzing Breaking Bad are saying that Walter White's character is the most narcissistic character in the history of any TV show. I, I agree. Yeah, as it went on, as his character goes on, he's yeah. so selfish and so manipulative. Yeah, when he tells when he tells Jesse that uh, he watched his girlfriend die. Yes, that was really he was like his, unnecessary. Yeah, he you was know? Just going to piss. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And he was, uh, he, was. He turned into this evil yeah, character. Yeah, right. But right. the funny thing was, and and I th- I know Vince. Vince Gilligan in an interview said, "Is that his name? Gilligan? Yeah. Gilligan? Vince yeah. Gilligan. He said uh, he can't understand why people loved him so much. Like, because it, it, you know, he was really kind of the hero. Everyone loved him in a yeah. weird way. No matter how bad he got. And Vince Gilligan said that he tried. You know, no matter how bad he make the character, people still loved him more. And I did. I love that character. It's a badass he, character. You know what I think it is? Because he was the guy who got. And we're all everybody. Everybody out there, right? We all go through this in life. You know, everyone has get get kicked and it, you know, get hit in the face with a life hits you in the face with a cue stick, right? Everybody gets that. And he's that guy, got, got you know, just taking it, taking it, taking it. And at one point, and that's the whole thing about this show, where he just goes "fuck you," and it starts in the car wash in the first episode or second, where he goes to the car wash and goes "fuck you" and "fuck your eyebrows" or whatever the guy <laughs> says. And that's the beginning. I think that's when we that we just we became him and we said yeah we're that's that's our attitude you know we want to say yeah. fuck you and i think that's why we love him. yeah he's oh go ahead Josh. No, i was just gonna say it's tough that that show's gone now oh, i mean yeah. i don't know uh, what, yeah i don't know who to turn to or what to what to watch what to make well, of my life house of Co- <laughs> i know really <laughs> that John, happened geez. to me when the wire ended that, that was Jerry exactly had, but i love the wire too just yeah, much that's why i five. bought it again i watched it again i mean i'm nuts i'm watching this thing the wire for the fourth time during my life and now i own a season one and, two. and uh but you know it's funny, John. Same with Breaking Bad. I was like so depressed. I end up watching it, the entire thing again. again. I said, I oh yeah, I'll be doing Netflix that. And just There's another the show thing. that I used to really love called Mister Show on HBO that yeah. has the guy who played the lawyer, saw uh, Odenkirk, Very Bob funny. Odenkirk, and David Cross, and it was a sketch show on HBO, and it it, it, it was on for like three or four seasons. And if, if I awesome. was on a if I was on a, a, a deserted <laughs> island, I would. I would need Breaking Bad and Mr. Show. If if you're talking just TV shows. Yeah. If you're thinking about building a, a library of uh, two, right? I, of I, DVDs. I wouldn't argue with that. I'd be happy with those shows. Yeah, Mr. I love shows. Show. I just I thought it was funny. Oh, you so know what? Uh, contemporary shows, new shows that if somebody was out there looking for something new and John, if you get Netflix, you want to try this out. I got Tara, Netflix. I know you have. Oh, you have it, Johnny. Yeah, I'm stealing try, my neighbor's internet. Try. <laughs> you found a coat. <laughs> and my ex girlfriend's Netflix. So. Nice. See, that's it's, how you do it, right there. It's that's pretty. A, you damn right. That's how you do it. It's pretty whole, strong. That's a good that's combo. I, think I just admitted to uh, some kind of felony. Sure, you got the crime. <laughs> no, that ain't no you're felony. Right on, you're out there. That's real. <laughs> you, ain't, you ain't stealing the money. You just watching the shows. Okay. Okay. You didn't do anything? What are you talking about? It's a joke. <laughs> Good. Allegedly. Yeah. Exactly. But there's there's two there are two shows uh, on Netflix I recommend that are they're out. FX has the League. The show called The League is 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 so funny, man. If if you like you know the brand of humor that we like, you know if you're listening to the show and you do, I hope. And uh, the League is. Is hysterical. It is hysterical. Written well. 
and then there's this guy on the league, okay, and he, he has his own show. It's a skit show. He has a show called it's Nick Kroll, comedian. He has a show called the Kroll Show. Now, yeah. Kroll Show, I didn't realize how I didn't think it'd be that funny. It was hysterical. It was a skit type comedy show. If you like skits, you know, like we like to do this parody. Skits. What was the Obviously, show? I grew up on Saturday Night Live and loved doing the skit. It's called Kroll Show. You'll love Kroll. it. Oh here. yeah, the Kroll. K R O L L on Comedy Central. On Comedy yeah, Central, and they Kroll. have it on Netflix. You can get you know season one, and uh, you can even get part of now season two. It's like a dollar ninety nine. I'm going to watch an episode or two. But the reason I'm saying that is because in, in uh, episode eight of season two, I may do it earlier. I don't know. I didn't see the whole season two, but the skit they do is Pennsylvania. And this is and I, I from what I, uh, they said, half their staff is from Pittsburgh, the writing staff, and half from Philly. So they do it's like two brothers, and they own a pawn shop, one in Pittsburgh and one in Philly, and they're talking back and forth. And the guy, uh, the comedian, is John Daly. I think his name is. Is so fucking funny. He nails. He has to be from Pittsburgh. There's no. There's no way. I'd be stunned if that's a guy just, you know, imitating someone from Pittsburgh. He just. <laughs> he just had the Pittsburghese down. You know, because I was like watching. I'm like, is this guy got it? He had it down. And in the skit is brilliant. I don't want to give anything away on it. You have. To, you have to watch this. Yeah, I've down. seen it. It's uh, top top notch. It's they nailed the. They nailed the funny, whole thing. Funny yeah, it's shit. a really good show. I I have seen that. That and uh, there was a couple other shows that I liked. Yeah, there's, there's a lot of good. Yeah, that's what's like. That's what I love it. The, the times are in now. Yeah, I was thinking like Netflix and and you know, people, anyone in their forties or in, and even fifties. You think about the era. You know, you're a young guy. Too. You're yeah. twenty twenty seven. Twenty seven. Johnny, you make this bit because do you remember you? Know, Kind of when cable just started. Do you remember this? You're too little. Oh yeah, yeah. No, we we were in. I lived in Wellsboro, and we were one of the first people that had cable. And HBO came with that, and that's where I saw the first Robert Klein uh, HBO special ever. That's yeah. He's the man. Yeah, and remember we went from Rabbit Ear Television. Now we were rating that. We were kids when the cable starts coming. Okay, now we have cable, and that's amazing to us. Like eight years old, my dad showing us The Shining. (laughs) <laughs> like, is this yeah. a good idea? Cool. Is, there, is there a responsible adult anywhere around here? The moonlight. My dad's like eight Miller lights in. My mom's <laughs> the sewing group. The sewing group. Come on, kids, gather around. They're going to watch The Shining. Huge Johnny. He did, in his defense, he did, uh, when the, when he hugs the woman and she turns into an old lady, yeah. he did make us look the other way. <laughs> oh, good. See? Responsible. Yeah. But I mean, still, we were kind of like, what is what is so bad that even my dad won't let us? I'd like to know who's buying my drinks, Lloyd. Is <laughs> that bad of a thing to ask, my friend? Classic. Classic. Yeah, it's just a... Uh, but it's amazing we went from that times to now I'm laying there in my... You know, I'm watching anything I want. Literally. Anytime I want. Literally. On my... On my uh, they had the best show. iPad. They got all the cartoons I grew up watching, everything. At like my I just fingertips. Fingertips. Your phone, you could watch it on anything. Oh, yeah, on my phone. That's amazing. And it, it was funny the, it, how, you know, you could see that everything's changed as far as, like, uh, for instance, remember it was probably eight, nine years ago, or ten years ago, American Idol was the thing. Remember it was getting Super Bowl numbers. Now no one even talks about it. You don't hear much about it. And the ratings are good enough to stay on, I'm sure. I'm sure they're doing well. The reason I bring that up, because well, one I guess we were talking about TV and made, made me think of it. But I, I I read this article on American Idol when it first started. Brian Dunkelman, do you know? Did you ever meet this guy? No, I know he's a comic. Comic, yeah. He does yeah. the road. Terry, you know you meet this guy. You know what I'm talking about. I, I never Brian met him, Dunkelman but I know who he is. Through the improv, I don't know if he did the improv or everything. 
anyone know? I don't. Yeah, I know. I, I know of him, but I, I've never. Yeah. He stand up, and he was on the first year of American Idol. He was partnered with Seacrest, and then he was gone. All of a sudden, after that, just, there was Ryan Seacrest. Well, then there was word that he had left, quit. He was kind of blackballed from the business in a weird way. They said, you know, he quit Idol, kind of put a mark on him or what somehow, maybe pissed the wrong people off. I have no idea, but the interview. Dunkelman talks a bit about it, and, and it 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 change it change it'll change your perspective on what happens a little bit anyway. I mean, we all we all weigh in on what we think of this, but so what happened was he gets idle, and he says he didn't like the way he was treated by like Ryan Seacrest and the guy, I guess the one producer Nigel Lithgow. Seacrest would like fail to read lines on the teleprompter that were setting him up. So he would read something else or improvise something else, and it was supposed to set Dunkelman up, and it would make Dunkelman kind of lost. And a lot of the stuff they do, and they still do now, some shows are live. Some are taped, but some are live in America, and that's the way they did it. Yeah. So he makes sure maybe on the live shows, whatever, according to Dunkelman, the, and he'd screw it up. So he'd look kind of bad, you know, flubbing lines or you know not making much sense or whatever. And they said the other thing was he would, he would get reprimanded. Like all the like the the guy uh, Nigel Lithgow, one of the producers, he would yell at Dunkelman for not doing enough to make this is his words to make contestants feel worse after Simon Cowell would trash them. So when they would trash them, oh. he wanted them to get in there more, you know, step on them, step on right. Wow. And like this is an example. They they wrote out one of the jokes. It's one of the jokes that they would make him deliver. So the writers and he gets yelled at for improvising yeah. and stuff apparently and he said and, and he said that the jokes were like this Seacrest says our contestants uh, are going to be famous now we'll have to learn how to deal with paparazzi Dunkelman says yeah that stuff uh, can really repeat on you but pizza's not the same without it Seacrest paparazzi not pepperoni get with it man those are the fucking jokes so so he yeah. so he his thoughts were, "This is gonna fucking kill my career if I have to do these jokes." Yeah, and, and you know, and, yeah. he, and I guess the conditions he was under. So, at the end of the, yeah, I guess at the end of that season, I guess he, he quit the biggest show in fucking TV, which became, <coughs> I'm pretty sure it was that summer. Yeah, was pretty fucking was pretty big, right? And he quit. Now I gotta tell you, the moral of the story: next time, kids, if that happens to you. Eat the shit and keep the job, all right? <laughs> Whiten the teeth, get the tanner, become Seacrest, get a billion dollars, and have to get the billion, then you tell them to go fuck off. <laughs> Dunkelman just made the mistake. Oh, man. That's I, all. I, I, that, that's sad. I mean, because he, he was trying to stay true to himself, and it's- uh, He did it too early. Yeah. You don't, you don't get true to yourself till you get a 50 million in a bank. That, I mean, that's true. <laughs> then you get truer than a motherfucker. <laughs> but when you sign a contract for a show like that, you know you have to be as corny as possible. Like Nick Cannon, uh, who's married to Mariah Carey, Nick yes. Cannon started off comedy show. as a teenager. Right. And, you know, he's Nickelodeon, made music and all that shit. But Nick is corny as hell, but it works. You know yeah. what I mean? Like he's fun. And you know when you're on a show like that, you have to do corny ass. That's what they pepperoni want. Pepperoni jokes, right? They just want you just I, to move. I you're, want paparazzi on my pizza. Well, the thing with Dunkelman, though, I, I think it was—I do think it was a bad career move. John, that's my new closer. I think closer. it was a stupid Don't thing because it. because the thing is that when you're doing the whole deal, first of all, you're not fucking, you know, <laughs> Lenny Bruce and Fryer. Okay, you're no. Dunkelman. 
And yeah. in other words, you know, get your name out and develop as go work, go on the road or whatever you want to do and work on becoming a comic. But that wasn't going to really hurt or any. It's the only thing to do is help. Just get your name out there. No one gives a shit. No one's going to judge him. I don't think that harshly is is comedy. Yeah, you this know, guy should have learned from Gabe Kaplan. Yes. Take, keep stay with the show for five years, then go do casinos then, for the rest of your career. Yeah. Exactly, and cash it in, man. Make cash a living. It in late. Yeah, make earn, I mean, earn an honest Sag- living. Yeah, Bob Saget did it with, uh, in my my opinion, uh, Full House. I mean, because we know damn well he's not that he's not Danny Tanner. Oh no, no, Bob has got a harsh act. Very, very, very R double R rated. Oh, X. it was triple X. I remember the first time I saw Danny Tanner talking about some <laughs> something that wasn't, you know, it traumatized me. Mm-hmm. But you know, and then he was on America's Home Videos. Like I, I get, you kind of <laughs> yeah, have to do. Guy. You have to do what you. You, you have to do, bills. yeah, to get there. Whatever, yeah. Everyone Dunkelman started there. Dunkelman didn't understand paying the bills. Yeah, Pryor did it. Pryor was really cheesy. in yes. the early years. Until he if you watch Pryor. his old. Stuff when he was trying to be like Cosby, he did the Ed and, Sullivan show. Yeah, you have to right. How many stream you have to be there, right? Oh, he told what's his name? Uh, who was it? Jerry Lewis. He was the king of comedy. He was like, "I love you. You're the king of comedy." And yeah. it was so awkward seeing Prior. I mean, he was young. Yeah, and then, and then once, Carlin was what the weatherman and doing. Oh, yeah, he Debbie was very weatherman, yeah. very straight yeah. though. Carlin right, with right. The, yeah, he was the tie yep. and the crew cut right. kind of thing. And then you make some bank a little bit, get some coin, and you know, learn to pay the bills, and then you could become who you are. Well, and also, in Carlin's case, it also changed. The times were changing in the way that people's attitudes were changing. And I think he realized that he had more in common with the counterculture than he had with the people that he was actually entertaining. Yeah. So he said, well, why am I doing this if Mm -hmm. I'm more in tune with this? And then just one day. Because he was him. Yeah, exactly. And comedy is being yourself. Really. If you could peel the onion back. The, the the more deeper you can peel that back, the bigger, the funnier you're going to be, the bigger comic you're going to be, because it's all fear. We're all afraid, just like everybody else. But man, it's petrifying to peel that onion back, and 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 that's what it is. Can you get to the point where you're you? And Pryor did it, Carlin did it. Because at one point they said, okay, well, you know, we built this, we've done this. Life's yeah. maybe getting boring, and repetitive. Time to take a fucking chance. To yeah. Even get that risk and become myself. Let's let's go with it. Let's see what happens. So you don't want to do too pre- you don't do too premature, like the dunk pull the Dunkelman. Pull the we'll Dunkelman. call pulling the Dunkelman. Dunkelman. I'm sure Dunkelman <laughs> calls it pulling the Dunkelman. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, I've had guys open up for me before that you know have all these. You know, this guy's got a, a megaphone on stage, uh, you know, a bullhorn, <laughs> like, and he's got yeah. sound cues <laughs> and a harmonica, and huh, it's huh. like, dude, like, you know, you, he gets off stage and you go. Like I don't even feel like I know anything about that. Like he didn't really reveal anything about himself. Like who are you? You're just a guy that, you know, went through Spencer's gifts and spent forty dollars, <laughs> and now you're now you have a half hour. It's still, yeah. I think it's that level of great. It's that, yeah, it's that level of fear of revealing of yourself. being yourself of being yourself really is it's like oh look at all these things that are distracting and uh, and people laugh and, and then people no think matter- it's funny and then someone goes up after him. And, uh, you know, they're like, well, what about, there was a guy up here with, he just had a bullhorn. and Well, no matter what, well, <laughs> no, no matter what you do. But what you, happened to the bullhorn but, guy? But you could do the bullhorn thing and, and still reveal who you are or do I impressions. Mean, I guess. Of you taking this, well, Carrot Top, I think, is who, I know Carrot Top, I think. <clears throat> I know he gets trashed a lot yeah. by comedians, but the guy makes 20 fucking million a year, so he's doing, he's yeah. doing it. 
entertaining his audience. Are you saying that's who he is? Like the Roy I think if he was at a party, he'd start gluing shit together and making <laughs> jokes about I, it. I, I bet <laughs> he, I think if he were a guy would know if we were all working at a, a some store, some factory. Yeah, I think Carrot would be the guy who picks up the can of, <laughs> can of Coca-Cola. And, and make five jokes puts about it. Puts it smashes it on his head, tries to make he's a joke. Hell, and no. we just go, some of us would think he's funny. Some of us are going to fucking redheaded asshole. And that's what it is now, just bigger. So, he, you know, he's, uh, in other words, you kind of know who he is. That's why he's, you know, people trash him and stuff. But, but fuck, we know who. I think you, he, he carved an identity. I, I think it, yeah. yeah, I do think he's, he's I that guy. Trash, I would never I trash think he's his, that guy at work. his act. I would trash uh, all the weird plastic surgery, like I know, and, and the, the steroids, and the bodybuilding thing. Don't is forget crazy. the steroids. Yeah, and the steroids. It's like, dude, you have a lot of money. Just you know, leave well enough alone. It was you know? crazy. He was a hundred pounds. He was all of a sudden he was Jose Canseco. One yeah, time. he's big as hell, man. I was like, holy shit. He looks crazy. He looks like a bulky clown. If Jose <laughs> Canseco fucked Fergie, <laughs> yeah, you would right. get carrot top. <laughs> That's a good. point. That is the best, uh, yeah, best analogy. Ever. I'm really gonna think yeah. on that. That was That's that not, was a really yeah, uh, brilliant. Actually. Yeah. If, if Jose Canseco and no, <laughs> and Nicole Kidman fuck, yeah. That, again, Nicole Kidman looking there. Maybe that's he's it. got the early Nicole thing. Kidman when she was hot, like God. Batman Forever. Nicole Kidman. I think she's probably still dead. Hot, calm, Cole, Nicole. Okay. Do you see Dead Calm? Dead Calm, yeah, greatest movie. Batman Great, Forever. Batman she, Forever. She was hot in uh, what's that? Aswash. See, I find her that creepy movie. I gotta tell you, I find her just. I don't find her smoking hot. I find her oddly attractive. I put her in my oddly attractive. She is the oddly thing. attractive one because right? you kind of you're like I want to do her, but you don't know why. Oddly, yeah. you don't want to mess her up. Yeah, like, she's so nice. Yeah, there's you an know? odd thing about her that's attractive. Where do I put my jizz? I don't know what it. <laughs> <laughs> Where do I put it? I don't want to mess it. I don't want <laughs> too much information. <laughs> Where do you want this? Because I do I don't want to soil this. <laughs> so pristine and. Porcelain like uh, John doesn't want to make a mess. Porcelain. Doesn't want to make a mess. Isn't that right, John? Oh, you want to hide that? Man. See, this is the no restrictions podcast. No, it is. And sometimes man. you know we get the you know where am I going to put my jizz? That's gonna. Oh, <laughs> what do you want this? Where do you? I'm want like this? a guy bringing in freight. Oh my God, what, do where do what do you want this? What do you want, do you want this where, load? Where do you is want? It? You know what? Okay, I think I'm... you're just too. Uh, I'm just. I respect you too much, <laughs> and I'm not going to have sex with you because I don't know where to put my jizz. <laughs> You got a Ziploc bag or an envelope or something like that? <laughs> anything. Anything at all. <laughs> I just don't want to just put it in a floor. I'll put it you on your head or nothing like that. Or get in your dirt curly red hair. <laughs> I don't do that shit. Oh, but, uh, yeah. That's that's yeah, comedy. Back, full circle. Right back to the right. Hey, I'm going to get the bullhorn for our show tonight. Just to let you know. Yeah, we got to do the bullhorn hey. now. I'm going to bring it too. It's yeah, it. That's our I'm, new thing. I'm telling you. Cause we we, we got to do the bullhorn. We got a show tonight, and I'm just going to bullhorn before he comes on. <laughs> I'm trying to think who's the weirdest Bring a book act. bag with, uh, with yeah. um, Dollar Store. There was props. one guy, I remember when I was working um, <laughs> in the Tropicana. There's a, the, I think it's the, the comedy stop at the Trop. If you ever know Tropicana, look for this guy, Bob Kephart, one of the nicest human beings I'd ever met in comedy. You meet these comedy club owners sometime through the years. This guy was just the, the, the kindest guy. He helped me so much in my career. His name was Bob Kephart. Uh, the comedy stop at the trop. But I remember the the acts that would come through. He had all these different acts, and this and this guy um, was really funny. But talk about a gimmick that you didn't know who he was. He would put a boombox up in dance, like a male strip dance thing, and he'd kill, fucking kill. And he would speak broken English. And he was kind of funny in certain ways. Like if he didn't do the, he didn't have to do that. In other words, his name was Angel Salazar. Salazar. Oh yeah, and Angel yeah, yeah. was in Scarface. 
He's a real nice guy. I met so out with him a little bit so during the week. So weird that you brought this up. Yesterday, I was exactly. watching Netflix, okay. and I saw Where the Buffalo Roam, you know, Bob, uh, Bill Murray's right, portrayal right. of Hunter Thompson. Yes. Angel Salazar plays the, uh, like, the bellhop. Okay, yeah. His he parties had, he in the room with there him. There was a rare, yeah, he's he a very he was in, yeah, good Yeah, he's in Scarface and Carlito's Way. Yes. Uh, uh, Legendary films, actually. Yeah, yeah. Think no, he's it. really, if you think about it, he's been in some really heavy with Scarface, obviously. So maybe the comedy was more of a thing just he found an angle to make money because the comedicals are booming. Well, maybe he just grabbed that boom box no, and thought, you no, know, I could fuck he, around. No, he uh, he was in the movie Punchline. Do you remember uh, Remember Punchline, which was the, I do, uh, with the Tom, Tom Hanks? Tom Hanks, yeah. Uh, Sally, Sally Fields. Fields. These people who wanted oh, to aspire. Oh, stand-up movie. That's yeah. right. He, okay, he was one of the guys. His big catchphrase was, check it out. He said, hey, check it out. So he, maybe that was that must have been his first movie. That was that. his first. I mean, he was an actor. Uh, I mean, a uh, a comedian. So he was a comic was, first. Yeah, and then uh, from the comedian, I guess, spawned the acting work. But. And the funny, well, he, when he would do jokes like that, uh, like little check it out, little, he did these you know broken English jokes. Yeah, like, yeah. It was very funny, and it showed who he was a bit. Then the boombox thing was a gimmick. Yeah. And Little see. short guy with a great big boombox walks on stage. That's hilarious. And he does, yes. Yeah, and he does the dance, and all, but the crowd would get, he'd get a standing O. Yeah, we did the yeah job. he was big. Well, you know, in the movie, uh, in the movie comedian, the documentary that uh, Sir Jerry Seinfeld did. Have yeah, you ever yeah, seen yeah, that? yeah, I great have movie. seen it. Yeah. He, he yeah. shows up at an open mic, and oh, they go, "What is Angel?" You said Angel. They, they, uh, well, I don't remember this. Well, Seinfeld shows up at the open mic. Angel's on stage okay. with the boombox, everything, and he's stri- he's now stripped down into S and M gear. And Seinfeld looks at the camera and goes, "I gotta follow this." <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was that was Angel. I Angel Salazar. Yeah. I mean, I would have to get that on Netflix. Yeah, yeah, no, so that's a full circle. I have to get that because I I remember seeing part of the interviews. Uh, that the, that, uh, that movie, movie I did not see complete in completion. I, I don't wish remember that, that movie scene. was around when I started doing comedy because it was it's like such a blueprint on how to do comedy. Um, I, yeah, Luckily, I, I, I was. Was. but that's it's funny <laughs> that Angel was in <laughs> that movie too. Yeah, and Seinfeld said that. Oh yeah, I gotta follow this point we're making. an interesting thing. Yeah, it's an interesting great. field. Well, hey, it's a great. And you know what? That we do. You know why we do? It's a great job, man. Nothing more fun than doing comedy. Stand you know? up. Yeah. And radio was great. I loved radio because it was a, uh, able to do comedy, the freeform style radio that I was able to do. You know, in morning radio, it's like kind of rock show, freeform, and the audience is tremendous. That was the, the the rush was the audience, the connection you get to make with people every day, and you get to see them out and about, and you know talking about you know if it affects them and you know how you're active it's it's an it's amazing it's amazing that's the thing that is great about being able to do a podcast that we can you know do that now on uh you know, do do it on our own terms in a way. Let's go to the phones. Let's in see. A freer sense. Yeah, this reminds me. Yeah, this style reminds me when I phones. started more in the nineties. So there wasn't a lot of restrictions then, believe it or not. Uh, Caller, you're live. My name is uh, Rick Davis, and I've been all right, a fan. eighth caller. I'm giving away Wayne's car. <laughs> Let's give a radio vibe, Wayne. We're trying. <laughs> now, you know, I always uh, remember jobs that I had too. Um, you know, and uh, and think anytime I'm like was like tired or whatever at my job and going to the radio or anytime I get tired doing stand up and I think of real work real work which is the guys who you know obviously police and firemen risk their lives even that's an amazing you know right and real work truckers construction I always felt weird because you know my, my work's goofing around it was not work it's actually a privilege you know the job I had in the radio and, and I'd be in the morning and like at 7-Eleven it'd be these guys that were going out in the fucking two degree weather to you know carry bricks and shit and work really work yeah. and we're having coffee and i got all my flannel on like i you know i'm going here 
where are you where are you working? Where are you hauling? And I'm like, yeah, just I just done here local. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> radio station. I just bullshit on the radio. Just just local. You know, just out there. I was gonna be Quinn Derrick. I was gonna be a ball buster today, huh? I'm like, yep. I'm gonna kick my ass. <laughs> but but I was reading um. Uh, an article on the craziest things found on a resume. Speaking of jobs, and, right? Because that's the toughest thing. You got you to put out everything on the resume. You got to kind of put it all out there. Talking about peeling the, the onion back and to an employer, and they kind of look over the resume and judge whether they're going to hire you off of what you put. Now, I'm a believer. I, I would think it's it's best not to lie on a resume. It's best to you know maybe use some sort of template to and talk to people before you hand it in so you don't put something inappropriate or wrong in the resume. Do you agree with that? Yeah, definitely. Because there's people that can lie. I'm sure they lie all the time, you, especially about education. They, you don't want to lie about education. People do it all the time. They should. And uh, this article I read was the craziest things found on a resume by some employers. Employers said, hey, these, this was really on the resumes and, you know, they, they didn't get the job. This is kind of funny. One person put, they were a former para- paranormal investigator with the Los Angeles Ghost Squad. <laughs> That's a great thing. <laughs> that, that'll get that you funny. an interview right there. Wow. Uh, that that'll cool? get you an interview. What would make mm-hmm. them think while they're filling it out, you know, working <laughs> in a bank or something? Yeah. Like, Why don't you just write sold crack 2001, <laughs> 2011? <laughs> one, guy, one guy put, oh, one guy put he was a winner of the County Fair Donut Eating Contest five years in a row. <laughs> there you go. Huh? Yeah. Five years running. Yeah. One one person jelly put, division jelly says in, in parentheses. <laughs> <laughs> he did not win the cake division. <laughs> goes home, goes home, tells his wife, going, "I gotta get this gig. I know I did well in that interview, honey, because I told them it's right on black and white. The donut champion. Everybody wants a winner. The person put uh, his the interest for Call of Duty. Oh, there you go. Funny. That's uh, what I'm talking that's about. Funny. Uh, that's. Right? What that's, type of job is that? Walmart? Honest. <laughs> Get that one. <laughs> Most you know? likely to go psycho on this whole fucking <laughs> floor. This guy. Uh, uh, God, one, put, one guy said he, he sold pants at a local department store for three years. We spell the word pants, P-A-N-C-E. Oh, <laughs> pants. Work your pants in it. That's about it. Pants. pants. My disability <laughs> check and pound. Found the pants good. in it. Dang gold. <laughs> Uh, one one person uh, was fifty two years old. Put down forty previous job jobs he had. He never had a job wow. in five or six months. Isn't that cool? That's not going to get a gig though, huh? Forty. Yeah, never. I had mean, a job it goes in five go or back to places that no longer exist. Yeah, how many? Like, where, where can you find yeah. that many jobs? Right? What do you? How many? Seventy four through seventy six. Arthur Treacher's Fish and Chips. Yeah. <laughs> <Arthur> seventy seven <laughs> through Did eighty. Did you work at Arthur Treacher's? No, but know you know what's from in your head? You know what? I was thinking about this. Uh, uh, places that you don't see anymore. Like we we drove by like a, a, a Ponderosa. Ponderosa. Uh, I, I love Ponderosa. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everyone's like they have it. I don't know why. So I like do. you know downtown there's a there's it's an it's like a half a Nathan's hot dogs downtown Pittsburgh. Yes. There's a half a Nathan's hot dogs, half an Arthur Treacher's fish and chips. See, and it has to be the last one on the planet. It has to be. John. <laughs> I, to be. I had heard about that because I am one of the, Where is I'm it? one of the few that are diehard Arthur Treacher's fan. You know? I love those fish. Wayne, oh, of course it's is the it good? fast food place. Oh, yeah, Where good. is it, Wayne? It's deep fried. It's, you would you're healthy. You have to uh, be your so I'll, I'll go on cheat it's day. It's so good. I'll go on cheat day. You got to go on cheat day. It's it's good unhealthy food. But it's good. Absolutely. Where is it at, man? 
Wooden oh, third. The wooden third. And, and put that uh, malt vinegar all over the fish. You can't oh, go wrong. Yeah. You got to go. Gotta go. It's like How they, about that? Like they do it in jolly old England. <laughs> yes. And then, then you, you go fish and chips. Yeah. And then you can go and get a, uh, a Nathan's dog, too. Uh, if, you, if you want. Within feet. There's a place you called Franksuary. Has anyone been? Franksuary? I have been to Franksuary. Is it good? Yes. Is it? But it's a real life. Uh, like they have unique types Catholic, of like, hot. Uh, yeah, it's in it, uh, unique oh, in mean, that they cost fourteen dollars each, and, <laughs> and priests bless them. <laughs> That's they, what's unique about. I remember. It. I got like um, I think a pierogi hot dog, but it was actually really good. Yeah, no, I understand. It's a good, it's like a really good Just place. Gourmet hot dog. Gourmet hot dog. Things place. you would never. Find normally put on a hot. I dog. would recommend if you're a hot dog fan, like I recommend trying it once at least. Just yeah, try yeah. it out. It's if got, it's beef, I can't eat it. It's beef. Okay. Oh, that's just their high quality hot dog. Oh, I'm going to Frankshuary. I walk yeah. past there and I'm like Frankshuary, man. It just like glows, you know. It's, it's a cool ah. name too. That, yeah, no, it's it's good stuff. Oh, I found a funny ass resume. I was trying to look for it while you were talking okay. about resumes. Yeah, and, yeah. Um, this one was online. I don't know if you ever read this. <laughs> But this it's is a real resume? Re- real resume. Okay. It's by a guy named, they had to block out his information. All right. His name was Eric. He didn't put his last name. Mm-hmm. And his objective was to claw my way to the top using any means necessary, but then to be fair and just ruler and bring your company to new heights or whatever. <laughs> per- <laughs> personal what? Tri- personal <laughs> attributes. <laughs> Cat-like reflexes. Now you see me. Cat-like reflexes. You don't. He's <laughs> meow, you don't. He's in. Possible huh? ESP. Yeah. Knows, <laughs> knows when to hold. <laughs> knows when to fold. Mm-hmm. Emits okay. pleasant aromas. <laughs> aromas. Okay. Yeah. Horse-like laugh. That's optional. Horse-like laugh. Extremely proficient in uh, Mario Kart for Super Nintendo. Okay. Not bad at sexy dancing. <laughs> 29 years old, but <laughs> have no facial hair of a 13-year-old. Okay. Can oh, uh, can well, eat a lot uh, at one sitting. That was another one. And can yeah. also moonwalk quite well. His experience is, I'm quite experienced with uh, the McDonald's menu. Okay. Uh, one time I rode a horse, but <laughs> it bucked me off. I was injured and ended up gaining like 30 pounds, but then I shed that weight like snakeskin, very fast metabolism. <laughs> I have enough knowledge to write an essay on pretty much any subject without researching it. I can, yeah. Acne Lancer, life coach, education, finished high school uh, by the skin of his teeth in 1999, spent most of his time daydreaming out the window, he says, uh, but if you hire him, things will be different. I, I like He uh, swears. I like how... Um in his reference, yeah, for a referral, it's him, Eric. Who oh, he's better, the reference. Yep. Who better to tell you about me than me? Holla. And it's kind that's of brilliant, actually. Put yourself you as the reference. Oh, you know damn well he got an interview. I would. Oh, want, I would. I, I would have to interview someone. That, I don't want, that was I'd want that. to meet him. Yeah, like whenever I debated over hiring him, you know, like <laughs> we can't hire him, and like, but Wilson, he has possible ESP. <laughs> Gotta get this guy in there. He could moonwalk. God, man. Use your head. Hey, I just want to mention again, don't forget to check us out Thursday, April 3rd at the Pittsburgh Winery in the Strip District. Go to jimkren.com for details. It's our live show. And our live shows are, are so much fun. Mike Wysocki does his traditional strip dance. We just, yeah, it's rated yep. R, obviously. No restrictions, right? Yep. He does his... Uh, it's, it's it's amazing. Thing I to do strip, the strip move is unreal. I do the uh, plate the spinning routine that's yep. made me so uh, Johnny popular. Does, yeah, and that's awesome. How you do Terry it. does the ventriloquist thing, yep. which is unreal. Yeah, 
You cannot see his lips move. No. Jim will be Jim will be sawed in half by Lee Trebosic. I <laughs> yes. <laughs> Which I would yeah I would do it uh, as a regular Thursday uh, anyway. Can we call Which him I do. and see? Yeah, does, he, s- does he have that apparatus? What the saw in half? Yeah thing? yeah yeah. Oh God, if he did, how did he do that? Jim, do you want me to tell you? Yeah. Okay. No, I don't want to. Be, no, because I don't want to be like that magician at that that jag off on that was on the mass magician. Gave away all the tricks. Because I will tell that you, bastard, that mass magician. I don't want to know. I just I love magic and I want to be fooled. Well, that's the answer. But, uh, it's magic. <laughs> it's magic. All magic. Like the prestige. Oh, that's the answer. That's the answer. How is it done? Magic. Done magic. Yeah. Like the prestige starring Wolverine and Batman. Great movie. That is a cool prestige. Is good, man. You know what? That's good. With David Bowie as uh, Telsa. Oh, is that Tesla? Tesla? Nikolai Tesla? Tesla. 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 Yeah. Bowie? Yeah, he played Nikolai Tesla. Wow. Did you ever see the show? David Bowie. Did we ever talk about this <laughs> on, the, on the show here about the men who built America? I think we may have mentioned this. Did we talk about this? Nikolai Tesla. There's a show that uh, I think the History Channel did, the, the, the men who built America. Once again, go to Netflix or Amazon to get it. Um, <laughs> yeah, and Anyway, it's like a five-part series. A lot is on Pittsburgh, actually. It was the Industrial Revolution, the beginning of it. Carne- Andrew Carnegie's Carnegie and involved. Guys, yeah. These are all these geniuses and stuff. J.P. Morgan and Edison are buddies. Edison's this eclectic, cool guy who's invented a few things at this point, you know, and he's uh, kind of a national celebrity a little, you know, bit. And Morgan's dad uh, is like the money guy. J.P.'s his son. He wants to impress the dad and make a name for himself. Edison, of course, comes up with the light bulb. Hey, pretty fucking cool. He goes, can you do this everywhere? He goes, well, I can do it in your house. I can build a generator, put it in a basement. He said, do it. Puts it in his house. All these rich people come over to his house. Obviously, I'm giving the Cliff Notes version of this. Yeah. And he goes, uh, <clears throat> everybody goes, that's that's awesome. I, you know, I need this in my house. So all of a sudden, JP goes, tells his dad, yeah. electricity, man, this, this, this light bulb thing. It's the future. Kerosene's going to be gone. No one's going to want this. And his dad goes, bullshit. That's a fad. Now get out of my face. So he ends up disregarding his dad, thank yeah. God. Goes to Edison. He says, can you light up New York City? He said, yeah, it'll cost. And he gave some number. In those days, yeah. it would have been, set, what, $700 million, But it was $7 million maybe then or something, whatever it was. He builds a big generator. Thus, Con Edison's born. Okay, now they, the company. So they light up New York. Getting to this point. In his in his place where he worked, Edison had all these you know, interns and people, you know, doing uh, whatever up up and coming people. And one of the up and coming people was this guy Nikolai Nikolai Tesla, right? And I guess he just came over to our country, maybe from Russia, wherever. And he's I don't know if he's from Russia. Is that where he's from? Nikolai. It sounds like it'd be Russia. Nikolai. But he he comes over from Russia, or whatever. And, and he and he and he, um, he. That's where he's he from, goes, right? No, right. No, no, it's a uh, Ukrainian. Ukrainian or something in that area. Okay, that's so, yeah. So when sure. thanks, twenty percent. Yeah. So so Nikolai Tesla comes in. And he he comes up with um, uh, alternate current AC. Now he uh, Edison did DC, obviously direct current, which safer they thought and didn't cause as many fires. Alternate at the time Edison had experimented and it caused some fires and maybe it was a little dangerous. And then of course the band AC DC was born. That's the end of the story. No, I'm kidding. No, but, <laughs> so anyway, so Tesla says, "Hey, I figured out how to do AC." And I can do it safe. And he goes, Edison, like, get out of here. You know, you're my peon, you're my intern kind of thing. He goes, no, I, I'm telling you. I know how to do it, and it's safe. When you look at my papers, he goes, eh, get the fuck out of him, the man. He leaves. He says, hey, I made a resignation. He goes, eh, go ahead. I don't give a shit. You know, I'm Edison. 
which he was pretty fucking cool, got to admit, Edison. So anyway, so he leaves, uh, and, he, and, he, and he does this, he hooks up, he does this thing at the State Fair and it, to show an exhibition on AC, and it works. And he says, eh, it's safe, and he uses, you know, lights a bulb up or something, whatever, and they, at this uh, county fair, state fair. George Westinghouse sees him. They pair up, and that's how Tesla Westinghouse got. So then all of a sudden, JP and Edison are fighting for a contract for uh, – the nation for the you know for because uh, it's all monopolies then for electricity and right. stuff for light bulbs and uh, Westinghouse gets the, gets it over him because of the AC wow wow because of the AC it's amazing it was more efficient oh, wait, so no. wait, so with Port Morgan Morgan's pissed his ego he's like, fuck this I you know he wanted to be the man he goes in Westinghouse he finds out was stretching his stocks out and shit so he goes and buys up all the stock like majority of the company walks into Westinghouse Westinghouse's uh, offices. I'm going to take your family's company, basically. He says, I'm going to crumble. I'm going to burn it to fucking ground, basically. He says so many words. And Westing says, what do you mean? He says, I got all your stock. I bought them all because it fell cheap enough, and he had, he had all the money in the world, this dude. Westing says, he, you know, it's his whole family's company and everything you know, everything he wanted to do and dreams. He said, I'll give it all back. Just give me that contract. He said, all right, you can have it. So he gives him Nikolai Tesla's contract and everything. Here's the thing. Tesla had the worst deal ever. He he didn't make the money. He didn't make anything. He he barely got any credit back then. It's only now, in the last ten years, has this guy gotten credit for all this stuff that he did. Like seriously, yeah. It was never really. He never got. Yeah, he never got for alternate care for AC. He never did, and it's pretty wild. Yeah, that is wild. Isn't that a wild story? He uh, he was cro. It's a uh, modern day Croatia, but it was the Empire. Austria. Oh, is that what it was? Because I was going to say Austria, but it was the Austrian Empire. So, moral yeah. of the story. Get a lawyer. Stay in school. <laughs> you get an invention. Be careful with your you boss sign. pisses on you and you have a better one. Get a lawyer first before Santa Claus. That reminds me. I had some ideas uh, for some changes in the podcast and I just wanted to Wait. talk to you about. All right. Let's get let's get, let's get get that down, John. Let's get all copywritten so someone I'm, don't take it. I'm kidding. <laughs> yeah, I know what you're trying to go. Trying to get, it asked me again. Good. Jim, I got some uh, uh, some d- ideas for some changes of the- uh, John, get the fuck out of here. <laughs> medicine. <laughs> Take three. Let's try this. All right, Jimmy, I got got some uh, some ideas for the pot. Wait, I haven't come up with a new idea in ten years. John, I'm John. No, how to do this light bulb? Don't worry. Get out of here, son. John, what what ideas you got, man? Thomas fucking Edison. I I got it all down. (laughs) You you hit a deep side. I tried those ideas, John, and those ideas catch fire. None of my ideas get. All my ideas get shot down. I wanted to do a live uh, remote before the pirates. Next, I wanted to have (laughs) hot girls from a fast food restaurant. We still we still have to do that. that At the word hot, we still have to do that. (laughs) I want I want to do that hot fast food. I think that was hot. The photos you bring remember? Bringing hot girls from, from uh, fast have, food Have them submit their photos we, wait, to us. We love that. That was a well, go. We it's love just it. just that we're all burnouts. Oh, it's a That's go. the problem. A go means we're going to forget about it A go is minutes. different than a green light? We a got a go. green light. Oh, we gotta, we got to do that. got a green light go on that. We okay. love that. You know we, we, we find like That just means it's going to go out of my head a half hour after I leave the show and forget <laughs> it. It's a problem. We, we, we do need we to do to that. Tackle though. that problem. See, I've got ideas. I'm just I'm trying to see them Sonic chicks on the skates. That was a good the, idea. The, the yeah. haiku contest. Oh, that's one of yeah. my. I'm not ideas. sure about the haiku one working, but yeah. but I got to tell you, the hot, <laughs> the, the hot hottest chick one, yeah. the hottest fast food worker. The time I th- I we do a live remote from Frick Park that we'd go nut gathering. Yes. Yeah. Nobody listened true. to me. No. That is right. No. Shinley Park in the Cordell Stewart jersey. Yes, that was big. Not big. the kind of nut gathering I'm yeah. talking oh, about. No. Yeah. No. We, we, 
This is good. We're going to brainstorming. Right at the See? end of the show, That's huh? Good stuff. Right. M- Mike Wysocki will be back uh, uh, the next show. He is um, working at his tanning salon. He couldn't make it today. I said, because Mike is. Mike is the whitest guy. I've ever pale met. face. He's yeah, ultimate pale face. He, yes, I picture Mikey. He goes into the basement, and all the windows like, <laughs> taped Wait. up, sleeps upside, <laughs> hanging upside down. Yes. That's, Yo. Our, that's our Mike. <laughs> the, no sun, no sun, no, no, no. SPF one thousand. You know, <laughs> like a vampire. Like a oh, vampire. Oh, there's people like talking a... about him down in Mexico. They're like, you know, <laughs> was it a was it a person or a ghost? Tell me again. Oh, oh no! Man. You went to the name <laughs> anyway, hey, Dave man. said uh, the funny. Yeah. Dave said the funniest shit. He said when he got uh, when he got frisked in Mexico and <laughs> stuff against the car. They saw the sun. <laughs> what did he say? Oh, wow. I'm sorry, I can't even get the delivery out. What did he say? He said that they they saw the they saw the sun burning Mikey like a vampire. Yes, <laughs> so it's like a true blood, go. man. They're like, holy shit! <laughs> they let him go. They hey, gotta man. let him out. Yeah, let him get in the shade. <laughs> let him go, man. man. Uh, hey, we'll see everyone uh, April third. At the at the winery Pittsburgh Winery in the Strip, uh, we love doing the live shows. We will have live skits, all the special guests, and you know it's going to be a lot of fun, big, big party. So we'll see you there. And uh, thanks so much for downloading, and listening. Thanks. Have a great one. Take care. See you next time. <laughs> <laughs>